0: We'll preview the Denver Nuggets Summer League. Take a look around the league after free agency. um, And I will try as hard as I can to join Adam's enthusiasm for for Jalen Pickett. This is Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network. Your team every day. Thanks for joining us. Megan, it's your first listen. Appreciate you guys being with us on whatever platform that you've chosen. Whether you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us those five star reviews. Spotify or on YouTube, where you can catch a live version of the show. Just turn on notifications, which are going to be more and <laughs> more and more important as uh, because of the tweet deck changes. I have lost the ability to tweet from the the Locked On Nuggets account, so I got to get that back. Uh so if you're listening to this and you're like why didn't you tweet it out? That's why. That that was
1: just tweeted it out, Matt. So oh, there. Well, thanks, no excuses. Man. No excuses I'm... people. Join the chat.
0: Uh so folks joining us in the chat. Calvin's in here, Trey Mitchell, dragutin's in here, Chris Morley, lots of folks hanging out with us on a Wednesday. If you celebrate 4th of July, hope your 4th of July was excellent. Mine was amazing. Um even with the the storms here in northern Colorado, managed to get a great view. Of the show up in noco and kids had a great time i made ribs adam i made ribs in uh i cooked them in the dutch oven for three and a half hours and then charred nice. them on a the grill it was amazing uh, it's, we'll my have it's my favorite holiday fourth of july is my favorite my, holiday mine too summer mine too. middle it's of summer my favorite it's incredible. It's, it's incredible um on today's show we will talk about we'll preview the Denver nuggets summer league adam's been out at the practices we will um, talk about what's important for summer league not just The start of Jalen Pickett's Hall of Fame career, but like other things too, we'll get to in the process of the show, Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about free agency as well across the league and in the Western Conference.
1: Have have we ever stand the same guy, Matt? I like him.
0: I like (laughs) him. I'm
1: just saying, it would be a first. It would be exciting.
0: I I I love him. It'd be great. Yeah, we've liked other guys before. I think I have to go back and and think about it. Liked, but not
1: like like you know. We haven't had
0: the same guy.
1: Yeah, we haven't had the same. We never guy.
0: have, but I would never do that to you. you, you get, to have, <laughs> you get to, I have lots of guys. You get to have your guy. I get. Right. I get. Tw- I get thirty teams to do that with. Right. Um, today's show is brought to you today by. By the way, by Prize First-time users receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code Locked On. I'm Matt Moore, senior NBA writer for the Action Network. He's Adam Mara's director of content for DMVR. Uh, Adam, you've been at the practices. I have not. I've been hanging out with the family. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and get into this. What's your overall sense for like what the summer league team looks like for the Denver?
1: Well, before we point? even get there, Matt, it's—I mean, you—you—you you know the news, but to me, it's a big story. Jamal Murray's in town, mm. and for no reason. I ask around, like, why? Why is he here? They're like, "Look, man, he just wants to be here. He just wants to be around around the young guys, be in the gym." And it's wild because we're all exhausted from a long season, and we weren't even playing it. For him to be done and be here, I just think it's a really cool and meaningful um, thing that he's around these guys and just in the gym and even participating in scrimmages. Yesterday, and Matt can attest to this, we rarely get let into practice early, meaning usually usually they break down and finish practice and then they'll do shooting drills and that's when they let people in. Yesterday, I think because it was a holiday and they ran late as sort of a, hey, our bad, we got to watch like... 15 minutes of the scrimmage between the guys and Murray's on the court playing with them. So for at least 15 minutes, and I know it was more than that, Murray was out there running with all these young guys, you know, probably going about 60% speed, but still to be on the court with those guys and providing instruction is a big, big deal. And all the players mentioned how cool it was for them to see Jamal. Cause you have to remember these incoming rookies aren't NBA players yet. This is all bright lights to them still. So for Jamal Murray to be there, pick it, um, uh, Strother, you haven't talked to Hunter Tyson yet, but those guys have raved about what a big deal it is.
0: Yeah, like I'm on the court with a with a guy that scored, that had a 30-point triple-double in the finals, right? Like that's really cool. You know, like Jamal's going to be one of the stars that those guys talk about, like watching in this in this playoff run. Um, so that's, that is very cool. I think it's excellent. I think it's a, a show of both how much of a basketball stick-out Jamal is and two, like I think Jamal wants to be that kind of a player too. I think he wants to be a guy that's um, – Uh, people change you know as they as they go in their in their careers and and even not even just like from time period to time period just like year to year might be like yeah i need a couple weeks off or i need to go do something or whatever but like jamal's in a space where like he wants to be around basketball and i think that's cool and that's really great and it's great for the organization it's great to have that kind of a presence in the gym like that makes john beckett who we're both very excited for his job his job as as uh summer league coach that much easier is having a guy like Jamal around to do that.
1: And by the way, not just Jamal, Stan Kroenke in town, both days that I've been in there now. Um, Andre Miller's in town, which is fun when no, you know, you're cool. about the picket comps. So um, it's, it's a full gym, you know, and, and I just think that's a really cool thing the Nuggets have going on where they still seem to have this momentum from the post championship glow where they're all feeling it. So it's kind of cool. Um, my other big takeaway, and I'm with you, John Beckett getting a chance here is one of my top stories. I'm excited. We always get to know these coaches a little bit better through it. And he's long been one of my favorites. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see him get this opportunity. But no, the story for me, out of the couple of days I've been at camp, has been, there's three players that seem like early standouts to, you know, the two returning players obviously Peyton Watson, Colin Gillespie, who spent a year with the team and is chomping at the bit for this opportunity. And by the way, spoke yesterday for the first time since his injury and kind of walked through the whole process, it was great to hear from him. And then uh, Jalen Pickett, who's obviously been creating a lot of buzz. And when I watched the scrimmage, it really felt like Pickett, Colin and everyone else because them being so good and playing the same position is a real storyline. How often do you get a summer league team where two of the top players play the same position and kind of are fighting for the same role. It's a really interesting dynamic and watching it play out in the scrimmage, you kind of see like, oh yeah, those two guys are both the head of the snake and they're both really, really, really talented.
0: You mentioned this on Twitter that you you do believe that they're going to play fast and they're going to shoot a lot of threes. That's what everybody says going in and and you really believe it with the squad. Um, What are the things that kind of lead you to believe that?
1: Well, number one, it was brought up unprompted from Colin and, and Jalen that coach Beckett keeps telling him, pick up the pace, play fast, get up the court. And then he asked John Beckett about it. And he's like, yeah, we have two point guards. That's rare for summer league. And we have a bunch of shooters, a bunch of athletes, a bunch of shooters. So we're going to try to get out. Kamigate is an athlete for a center, you know, very, very quick up the floor. Peyton Watson, a great slasher. And then if you look at the rest of the roster, it's almost all three point shooting. So um i think it's just when you have point guard play you want to see how they handle transition how they handle the break how they control you know different tempos so i just think that's a big emphasis because they're trying to evaluate their guards
0: on the other side i want to get to uh, adam's thoughts on each of the players individually we'll talk about kind of like how collin's looking how jalen pickett's looking how these guys are looking ishmael kamagate uh who's been in the gym and, and contributing and kind of get his thoughts on that we'll touch on that on the other side, but first I need to tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is Daily Fantasy made easy. You just pick two to six players, and if they'll score more or less than their projections, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Working in the space I do, I could tell you there are guys that have like screens and screens and screens of DFS things that you're having to go, like go through on a daily basis. You're just doing it versus the projections when you're going up against Prize Picks. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football and basketball for both men's and women's soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, yeah, on FIBA. Cricket and more entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy, and they offer safe and fast withdrawals. Download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Lockdown Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Adam Mares and Matt Moore with you on a Wednesday. We're going over the Summer League team. Um, So give me a sense. I've only seen Colin in warmups. So give me a sense for how Collins looked in terms of the up and down. And then we'll get into your guy.
1: Well, again, I can only speak to the 15 minutes
0: I watched. So it's hey, it's 15 really more minutes than I've gotten. So tell <laughs> me what you saw.
1: But, I mean, he just looks so solid, man. And I, and I was also really impressed with him doing media the other day you know i know that doesn't mean anything but everything or really sometimes anything at all but i thought he had really reflective and interesting things to say about his last year but no colin for one is a great shooter you know and and asking guys about him shoots the ball extremely well just reliable shooter he's not going to be up and down hot and cold reliable shooter and then he's just in control watching Pickett, who controls the tempo and colin who controls the tempo in a summer league game it really stands out because usually that's chaos basketball, right? Yeah. Especially pickup on day two, but no, both of these guys, I thought you watch him come up the court. They're, they're hollering out. They're talking to guys. They're getting into their pick and rolls. They're getting guys situated where they want. Um, and so Colin to me has just looked like what I remember him being a year ago, which is a like a true point guard. He just knows he's, it's not going to necessarily be super flashy, but he just knows exactly what he's trying to do at every second that he's on the court.
0: It's a really good baseline for having success in summer league too. And like, look, wins and losses are are irrelevant in summer league, but, but I will say like winning is better than losing. Like teams that are just losing and they know they're bad guys will tend to disconnect a little bit. And if you want to get real growth across it, you need to have a little bit of success across the time that you're there. And like the baseline for me is always, do you have capable guards because there's just a lot of guards that come in and they can only do one thing and that's shoot and that's gets to be a little bit of a problem now you also make threes that's the other problem is you can have good guard play but you got to be able to hit your shots which is like that's how that's where julian strother i think comes in and those other guys um let's talk about your guy so you you've got there's been a lot lot of discussion of the the jalen pickett kamagate pick and roll sequence that was observed
1: (laughs) um i wish i should i should have just filmed every single play yes because i I only had like two plays and that was one of them and i thought it was a good pick and roll but it wasn't like I wouldn't like people extrapolating too many things from that one is hilarious to me. They're um joining you in your enthusiasm. Hey man, my enthusiasm is only growing as as I even last night. Um at the end of the night, I was kind of sitting there watching some more just little clips and going through more synergy stuff. Um, no, I mean again a lot of buzz out of picket. I will say, and people are much have been waiting for this. I always give the eye test uh measurements. Clearly, he's listed at 6'4", clearly 6'2", clearly 6'2". Like, sometimes, guys, you never can know, especially at that height, which way it can go. But he's, um, and if people are asking, well, you said that about Bruce, he he's clearly shorter than Bruce. Like, honestly, he looks like he's calling Gillespie's height. They, okay. they look like they're more or less the same size. So, you know, on the shorter side, for sure. But one of the things about his game that has really stood out and everybody reiterates, but you watch him for 10 seconds and you see it. The guy really does play like a bully. He is constantly getting physical with you. If you give any space, meaning any cushion to him, he takes that space and pushes for a little bit more. And so I think like as much as he is 6'2, you know, on the shorter size, he is not undersized from a strength perspective. And it's extremely obvious every second you watch him that he is just like Julius Randall, the same yeah. thing where you're like, How tall is he? Doesn't matter, he plays big. And any inch you give him of space, he takes it. That's just how Pickett plays. And it's fun to watch because he just knows the way he's described by the people that really believe in him, like his former head coach, Micah Shrewsbury, the way they describe it is he has his own style of playing and you might not understand it right away, but he knows how to do it. He just knows his style and all of the nuances of it. And when you watch him, even for 10 seconds, you see that. That's interesting. that's like
0: a really interesting comment because uh some that gets into like how does that look when he gets into training camp is like an interesting question, right? for like is he get will he have an opportunity to show that? like will there be confidence in him to to let him do that have those kind of opportunities? Real an, one of the big
1: questions for them
0: that'll be an interesting question um to kind of see. uh who else has kind of have stood out in terms of the roster like grant you know grant golden's on the on this yeah. roster. Um, you know, you look obviously like Julian Strother. Uh, I actually like Cassius Stanley a little bit. I'm actually.
1: Uh, I saw, so Cassius Stanley was in the dunk contest in 2021, the NBA dunk contest. Yeah. Um, he was eliminated quickly, but I saw him, I was, I, cause I'm not familiar yet. I know all the names and all the backstories, but I can't put a face to a name just yet. You know, I'm kind of getting to know him still the end of bench guys. And I saw a guy grab a rebound where he jumped about 50 inches in the air. And I go, oh, okay, that's Cassius Stanley. Like, clearly. The guy has freak athleticism when we talk about, you know, jumping. Um, so he'll be fun. I mean, I imagine if he plays, he's going to be a guy that gets a highlight or two, whether it's a rebound or dunk. Um, well, what? Your- so you want me to keep going through some of these other guys? Kamagate missed until yesterday. Yesterday was his first day being cleared and allowed to play. The thing that stood out to watching Kamagate is he didn't look at the basket except for on like dunks, mm-hmm. and I know and I think that's going to be his mo. You mm-hmm. know, when he was playing for his club team in Paris, that's what I kept hearing from the Nuggets guys was, yeah, he's on a team where they don't want him doing anything but dunks, roll, play the dunker, stay out of the way, and he played like that. Like, I wonder how much of that has gotten into him because there was a couple times where he caught the ball and he's not even looking at the basket. He's just looking at where's my guy i run a pick and roll with so take that for whatever it's worth but i'm gonna be very curious to see how narrow kamagate's game is as effective as it may be if he's just like very very focused on doing one thing can you talk a little bit about what you think the
0: situation is with him because we've kind of gone over it but i think we need to go over it again just because we get a lot of
1: questions about like hey what's the deal with kamagate um, yeah, so I'll probably have more information today as, as over on DNVR, we're having Tommy Balchettis and Ben Tenzer on the show. And nice. that'll be one of the things I'm, I know that's discussed, but he you know, signed a two year deal. So almost certainly not coming over this year. I don't know if that's been hundred percent ruled out. I, I imagine it has. Um, but you know, it looks like he'll be at a bigger club. He's going up to, to the top level playing in the actual Euro League. So um, it should be a better read on how he fares against NBA caliber size, which is what your will provide. So I think it'll be a good test for him next year, but um, but yeah, he won't be here this year. Uh let's see, Grant Golden, I know, is a guy people are so interested in. Baby Jokic, you know, he played for Grand Rapids last year. He's a big man who can pass. I think he averaged like five assists last year in the G League. Um So I think – I don't know how much he's going to play. If you talk about the guys that are going to play, it's all the Nuggets guys first and foremost, and there's six of them, Matt. There's six of them. That's so rare. rare. I think that Summer League is likely going to be like an eight or eight-and-a-half-man rotation until the end. I know that the Nuggets brought a smaller roster to Summer League or are bringing a smaller roster. I think last year they had like 14 or 15 players, and most of those guys don't play. I think the idea is smaller roster this year and everyone's going to get minutes. So we'll see some Grant Golden. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a guy that was in the Nugget system last year, obviously playing at Grand Rapids in part, I believe, because he plays like Jokic and a guy that they're, you know, clearly still keeping in that pipeline. What's your expectation for Peyton Watson
0: in this run? Like what's the, what are the things that you think that they need to work on that he needs to, what does he need to
1: accomplish in Summer League? It's a great question. So with Peyton, the, one of the interesting things that we heard this week about him was that they're going to play through him a lot. So you have two point guards, you think they're going to run the show and and be honest with you in the scrimmages. That's what I saw. But they have at least said they want to give him opportunities to create to explore his game, if you will, Matt, because I think they feel very confident in what he's going to be able to do on the defensive end. And that'll probably be where he shines all along. But I think they want to test him out as a pick and roll ball handler and ISO creator and just different things. So I'm kind of excited for that. I'm sure it'll be mixed results because that's the part of his game. His offensive end of his game is the part I just don't I don't have a, a strong take on. I haven't seen it. People get upset about that. I don't want to say I doubt or this or that. I just haven't seen it because he's only played a hundred minutes or something like that. But I think in summer league we'll see a little bit more of him exploring that, and I hope it goes well. I know that they want him to be an uh, efficient scorer, so putting him in positions where he needs to be aggressive, but grading him on how efficient he be, he'll be is kind of a good test. You know, there are uh, I think I think a something to kind of consider with. Watson is that
0: the process of going through these reps in game environment is more important than the outcome. Like, even if he struggles, I've seen guys that have like, yeah, they gave him the ball in summer league and it was terrible. And then they come into camp and I'm like, Oh, he, he really learned. Like he looks bad. Like it's a process that, that carries from summer league through off season workouts into training camp and then hopefully translates into the NBA. Right. So like, there's a whole process that goes along here. So I, as with everything with summer, like I would, I would say focus on the process of what they're learning or what they're working on with some guys you want to see, like, can you play?
1: Like, can you, can right. you, are you a guy? And not? by the way, I think he's still in that category a little bit. Like obviously Calvin believes in him, but I think that there's still a, are we sure this guy is our seventh guy? Like I, we don't know. Is he? Is he not? I. They think they need him to be. And Matt, listen to this. You'll appreciate this stat. Christian Brown last year played uh twelve hundred minutes, eleven eighty one. Jeff Green played eleven 1, hundred minutes. Um, so twelve and eleven 1, hundred minutes. That's your seventh and eighth guys. The year before, Bones Highland played thirteen hundred minutes. Faku played twelve hundred. So we know about between eleven and thirteen hundred minutes is how many minutes that seventh eighth role guy plays. Peyton Watson last year played 186 minutes at the NBA and 223 in the G League. The year before that, he played 405 minutes for UCLA. In the last two seasons combined, he has played roughly half as many minutes as he would be projected to play this year as the seventh or eighth guy in two seasons. Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons to be, I don't want to skeptical almost sounds harsh because it sounds like you're doubting Peyton. Skeptical of the situation he's going to be in, which is, hey, you're going to play more actual minutes than you have in two seasons since your senior year of high school and you need to do them at a higher level than you've ever done before. He's, uh, you know, maybe he's up for it. I want to believe because I really, really, really like Peyton. But that's, a, it's kind of a crazy when you look at the numbers. On the other side, we'll get into some- Can you comment on that? I got, I threw you one that I think is like right in your wheelhouse. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, so
0: that? I I think my, my my kind of response there is- I wonder about this a lot. And like, I have really no way of knowing of what it's like to adjust to that minutes thing. Like, I think about that a lot about how much more basketball you play. And I think it sometimes, honestly, guys are so much in the whirlwind of the NBA. They don't even realize it until they get to an off season. They're like, I'm exhausted. Right. <laughs> you know, like you you play that much. There's just so much that you, that you also, it's just a wide variety of experience. And you can say like, well, look at how he played in these games. Yeah. He played in those games versus those opponents. And then you think like there's 26 other teams that he's going to wind up getting minutes against and he's going to wind up seeing. And a lot of this gets into, you know, how do you adjust in those situations when teams find something that works against you and it's on tape that goes on. And then even though like a lot of guys won't read the scouting report, some will, and some guys will be like very dialed in on what you can and can't do. And so that, that process I think is, is really interesting to watch the development But with Peyton, I do think that the ability to be on an NBA floor and look like he belongs at the end of the season, that matters because it establishes a baseline for you. I've seen guys that have have had flashes where it's like he belonged and then he didn't. But it's more, it's rare. I think it's more steady that once you show that you can be on there, you tend to belong. It's just a matter of how much you belong, right? I mean, especially when we look at a team with championship aspirations because, there are guys that play 12 years in the NBA and they don't belong in the playoffs. And that's wild to me, considering the amount of work that those guys put in how talented they are. But that's a combination of both how hard the playoffs are, but also the style that's played. Like that's a, that's a component that plays into that as well. And Um, so with Watson, one of the things that I would really, really want to see is composure is be decided. Even if you miss the shot, be decisive about what you want to do, understand what you want to do, And if you you have a baseline on those things, I think you can be successful going forward.
1: Second-year players should look experienced, but he's not really experienced. So it is interesting to see, does he look like – you saw Keegan Murray the other day. You know, he looks like the all-star of Summer League, right? Because he kind of is. So you want to see if Peyton kind of carries that uh, into this year's Summer League as well. I will say, and you'll appreciate this, I've been thinking about it. Bones Highland last year was given the keys right away, played minutes. And it wasn't enough for him, right? Like, he was unsatisfied with it. Peyton Watson was basically told, sit on the bench for one full year and and just wait. And he seems extremely content in the path he's on. And, you know, he when he spoke to the media on Monday or whatever day, well, yeah, I think it was Monday, you know, that was his thing. It asked what is it you want to show? What do you want people to see from you? And he said, well, first of all, no ego. So whatever it is the team needs, I want to do that if it's scoring or not, which, first is easy to say and harder to do, but first of all, it's not that easy to say. So the fact that he's really only played 200 minutes last year and seems content with this patient role that Denver has now it is go time, but it just stood out to me to contrast him and bones because they kind of went opposite paths. And it's possible if this is the year they pass each other In for a guy of-
0: with the mentors and circles that Peyton runs in, like Peyton is known by the the biggest guys in the, like not just KDA guys know him right um having that attitude i think is important to and i think it's honestly good to have seen what happened with bones to be like oh like if you if you're not on board like they're gonna get rid of you quick so, and yeah look i mean bones is is backup point guard for a team in la right so it's not like bones's career has is going down the drain
1: Bones went quickly, though, to a make or break situation like moment for him, you know, where I don't want to say break because there's there'll be an opportunity if he fails this year in L.A. But he went from an opportunity where he's starting for a championship caliber team to where he was out of the rotation on a non championship caliber team, which is a big fall. Um, so we'll see. But I don't know. Peyton, how much of the hype around Peyton do you think is guys like Katie and Paul George have given him the stamp? Because I I keep wondering where everybody's hype for Peyton is because I barely watched him play. I'm hyped about his defense for sure. And I really, when I hear things about what type of player offensively he can become, I get excited. I just haven't seen it. So I don't like like saying, I don't like getting hyped for things I haven't seen. But the stamp of approval part, I think, I'm guessing that's where fans' hype comes from. I, I think it's, there's a
0: pathway of he's in the circle with those guys. Those guys are in the circle with influencers in the hoop world. Influencers influence media makers. Media makers influence fans. That to me is like the the circle of how it goes. Um, my I, my path on these things is always that that I think it's a lot more random and unable to be seen. Like I just think it's not even random. That's not the answer. It's not random. It's that there are there there are things about figuring out who's gonna make it and who's not that are almost imperceptible even to people that. Play at the highest yeah. level, yeah. And I coach agree. at the highest level, let alone schlubs like me. So I try and be have a very open mind on what's gonna what's gonna work and what's not. Um,
1: does he need to have the best summer league of anyone?
0: No, I think Colin Gillespie does.
1: Well, for for Colin, he needs to, but I mean more for the Nuggets. Mm.
0: No, I actually think Strother probably does. Really, yeah, because Peyton at least has shown, and I think this is part of it is that I don't know. Like, we'll see, may, Peyton may look awesome in summer league because of the unstructured bringing the NBA experience. Like, God, I thought you know, he was pretty rough last year. You and I both agreed that. um uh, he, he had he showed some things last year. He wasn't Peyton was both better than we thought he might be, but also still pretty rough. Is kind of I think there I
1: was think one game where he really shined, and he shined. there was a bunch of games where you were like, Yeah, yeah, and so
0: with Strother, I think it's more of um, that was their first first round pick after the championship, right? And so Jalen may wind up being the better player, but Strother, I think, needs to be able to show that that pick was not a waste. That like they can do something with that pick, especially given that they pick guys specifically who are older and should be able to contribute quicker, if not right away. You need to be able to show that you're not like lost. Right. Like Julian Strother was not selected as a project. So for me, I think for the Nuggets draft selection and for their asset management, I think actually Julian Strother is maybe the one that
1: would go to. I'll I'll say this. I asked I've been asking around, including the video you can watch of John Beckett after practice. I asked the three rookies, what's the surprise skill that's you know that wasn't one of the things you knew on the top of the scattering report, but these guys have, have surprised you with with Strother, it was basketball IQ that he really has showed a good basketball IQ. With Pickett, it was three-point shooting, that he's a really good three-point shooter and people think he's not. And then with Tyson, it was defense, that he's a much better defender than people th- than the scouting report suggests. So take those for what you will. Um, Joshua Sarah says, really wants to see the draftees get better each game
0: in Summer League. Uh, I totally understand why you would say that, Josh. That's a completely fair comment. Not how it works. Um, the things are that's very up and down because you're playing different teams that present different challenges, and because you don't have like in-depth scouting reports on the on a lot of these guys, and quite honestly, sometimes because you have a bunch of guys that are under 24 in Vegas for <laughs> so, like the, the the process is not linear across across the time. I, I
1: think in the summer league like, you want to see like flashes (laughs) as yeah I mean you would love to see consistency especially from your older guys you know your Hunter Tyson your Jalen Pickett I think you they need to be further along in their development than other guys for them to hit but for the most part you do just want to see like oh there it is there's the guy doing the rebound they're just doing stuff that gives you hope
0: all right on the other side we'll get some reactions to free agency as we wrap up here on Locked on Nuggets first thing to tell you about FanDuel Sportsbook Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, bet 20 bucks and you can land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to have the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel official partner of major league baseball. We'll be right back on locked on nuggets. Back here on locked on nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Wednesday. Hope you guys had a great holiday. Uh, Adam, when you look around the league and you kind of looked at all the stuff that kind of came out free agency over the weekend, we're pretty much done. Like it's, there's a couple of restricted free agents that are left on the market. We've got James Harden and however that works out, that could be a big deal depending on how many are involved. There's talk of a four-way trade now involving Damian Lillard as the heat try and scrap together whatever fools will give up assets to help them land Damian Lillard for what's going to be one of the worst trade packages in NBA history. Can
1: I, can I ask you this one, Matt? Sure. Cause Damian's is so loved and I think he's really branded himself in a nice way, but he did just sign an extension and is asking to be demanding a trade now are you at do you feel portland owes him anything on that front Ooh, ooh. just a tough philosophical question yes because there are guys that have
0: great careers and there are guys that are integral to the history of the franchise and while you can say like but they didn't win a championship it's true but that's also not decided by wins and losses. It's decided by how a fan base feels about a guy. And Blazers fans will tell you he's the best player in franchise history. Like Bill Walton played for this franchise. Clyde Drexler played for this franchise. And for them, it's Dame. Like that's, yeah, they're 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 wrong about that, but but okay. Right. Like, but here's the other thing, though, is is what they're reflecting maybe is not who the best player was. They're reflecting who the most important to the fans was yeah, and he gave them that and he gave them the ticket sales and he gave them the success and he did give them those moments in the playoffs to put them on the map um, and all these types of things and their inability to capitalize on it for a number of very specific reasons use of nurkic that i have for them is related to i think how that feeling comes about i think my 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 feeling on it is that the Blazers owe it to Dame to put him in the, in the competitive environment that he desires. Where I stop at is they owe it to Dame to trade him to the one place that he demands to go to, regardless of what the trade package is. That, to me, is
1: an unreasonable request. Yeah. That That's the part. And when I say... I, clearly, they should do something to appease him, but he has basically said Miami or bust. And I just feel like that, to me, is... Why Why? you can't do that. You know, you can't say this or bust. I just um, maybe you get a mellow like package, which helps you survive, you know, and, and, or whatever. But I almost feel like those days are gone. And some of the stuff you see reported to be the trade, you're like, that kills Portland. To me, I think that you do owe a player a certain level of loyalty reciprocated for what he's done, but he did sign a five-year deal. I just, I don't think you can give full leverage one way or the other to to the play to the organizational side or to the player side and a player signing an extension and then demanding a trade the first year into it to me is like look man we'll work with you give us give us five to ten teams just just be like miami brooklyn philly or minnesota (laughs) wait didn't lebron do this who was it who was it that did the I, or as Anthony Davis, he was like, I'll either go to the Lakers or then he picked teams that there was no chance they could possibly, just to make a facade of of yeah. choice. Nonetheless, I just think you say, I want to go to a contender. I want to be in a spot. And it's like, okay, we're going to try to land you in a spot where you have a co-star. And we understand you prefer Miami, but we need leverage. And we can't just say it's this team or bust. So we're going to put you in some situation that's not screwing you over. That To me, that's the, that's how this should work. I will
0: say like, look, I want to stress this. Dame, Dame's awesome. Dame Dame is amazing. And his season last year was absolutely incredible. The fact that they couldn't win should be an embarrassment for that front office because of how good Dame was. I know that, 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 why are you okay? It's okay for other people to be good now that your guy won a championship. Why are you, why are you? It's not about
1: that, man. And I like Dame. I just, I just have a few takes about Dame. We'll, we'll might find out though. He might go to this real true contender next year, and we'll get to find out.
0: What is the biggest thing that holds him back beyond the defense?
1: Well, the defense is huge. I just people underrate. I think point of attack defense. They think it's just rim rim protection and nothing else. And I look at it and I go, I watched Faku look like a good player against him in the playoffs. I watched Austin he, Rivers go off.
0: He looks better in scheme, like when you put i'm telling you like when you put him at the level he looks pretty good you know why they can't put him at the level use of nurkic they never have moved off of like when when you when nurk's at the level guys go right around in the other way
1: to pivot to just hating on nurkic so it's very you're 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 raising a great argument that i want i'm very
0: this is something i really believe about this though like i've seen dame switch and i'm like oh that wasn't bad i've seen dame play at the level with backup centers and been like oh that's not bad And then I've watched a lot of these because I tried to figure out this answer to what you're talking about, which is like, why does Dame suck so bad here? Like, why does this not work? And when I go through it, I genuinely, like, this is not about the Nurkic stuff. This is that, like, I look at it and I go, like, no, like that particular element you can kind of circle in as like, that's why they get cooked with all these kind of things. Um, What do you think about what the Suns did?
1: Um, I think I'm a little bit less impressed than everyone else because um, I know a lot of people have put them like, oh, you have to pencil them now into, uh, you know, as favorites or this or that. And I look at it and I go, they kind of double down on what they, they are. I mean, some of the role players are okay, but um, Eric Gordon to me is a little bit more of a TBD, I think, than most people think. You know, like he's a good player, but it has been a while since he's been a great player. Drew Eubanks is really undersized as a backup center. I mean, he's he's Biombo size, and we saw how ineffective Biombo was. So does he do more stuff? I mean, he's not going to do more stuff defensively against a Jokic in a playoff, so does he do more stuff on offense? Probably, but does it move the needle enough? I don't know. Um, so then I, I just thought people, Utah wantanabi you know, I just thought people got Kata Bates-Diop. People got a little bit more excited on guys that to me are like, you got you got a couple Tory Craigs.
0: Yeah, I was uh I was a little surprised at how people talk about both them and the Lakers. The Lakers are the other one where I'm like, guys, I he like looks- Torrey Prince. I do. Right.
1: But like Jackson Hayes. You're you're kind of like Jackson Hayes is gonna guard Jokic now and make a meaningful impact on playoffs. Like, get out of here, guys.
0: Like, what are we doing? I, I like Gabe Vincent, but he's also playing behind D'Angelo Russell, who is
1: unplayable in the playoff series. I can't believe the the D'Angelo stuff is hilarious to me. Hilarious. <laughs> So, this is why culture stuff matters, Matt, because last year, Michael Malone, I think, was all but goading them in to keep playing D'Angelo Russell, and they did. Because they didn't have the culture to be able to tell him, like, you're on the bench now, buddy, you're, you're too bad. Uh, yeah, and that's a real problem. So I, Malone I literally goes, it's an interesting question, whether or not they'll play him. It was like, I swear to God, of all the things Michael Malone said between the conference finals and the parade, that might have been the smuggest. That was a really was interesting question. question if they continue to play him that's or not. Interesting question.
0: Uh, so yeah, I'm a little confused about the idea that like the Lakers are like they kept Austin Reeves who's really good. He might be their th- he he is their third best player. And they got him on a good deal. I mean, they got him on a good deal. Yeah, like Reeves is good. And so that was that was a great a great thing for them, but I was just kind of surprised at the idea that they are substantially better than last year, especially when like I just keep going back and being like okay you know do, do you play Rui you can I guess one of the things is it does give you more options because at your four other forward spot you can play Rui Vando or Prince so now you have like three different options you can kind of go to but I kind of wrote this I was just like they're the same as last year however you felt about their run after the trade deadline if you're like well look at their record and look what they made to the western conference finals obviously they're great then you think you should think they were great next year. If You're like me and you're like, well, Mark basketball is kind of garbage. And they face two teams that they had specific advantages against based off of where those teams were at with one team in a chemistry mess down to front court players and the other one coming off a seven-game series that absolutely cooked them physically.
1: I don't know. This is is what's going to happen, Matt. They're going to underperform – expectations like their ridiculous expectations are not going to be met by the trade deadline. And then they're going to trade half of these guys that they hyped up over the summer for a player. Who's way too good for the package they sent them, but doesn't fit. So that's just like, they'll get Ben Simmons, you know, for, yeah, for like a bunch of end of bench guys. And it'll be like, Oh my God, they got Ben Simmons. And then that won't work. Yeah. Um,
0: The wolves didn't do much. They only really added they kept Nikhil Alexander Walker, which is um, big.
1: I think he was I think he's part of why I would be excited
0: about them. They added Shake Milton and Troy Brown Jr. I kind of like what they did. I, I kind of like the. I,
1: I'm high on the wolves going next season. I, I am as well. And then the one nobody's talking about this, Matt. And I. so it's probably not going to happen. Why isn't Kat and Lillard a, a, a trade? Why isn't that like on the table? Dame for Cat. Um. I mean you might have to build something around that package. Although if I'm Portland, Kat's young. Can you talk yourself into well we got our we're not gonna have to go into a full rebuild. We got Scoot, Jeremy Grant, Kat. I'm not buying it, but I'm buying that it's an interesting team. It's better than what they're gonna be without him. Um, on the, or he's definitely
0: better than the Heat package. Um, I wonder if this is if one is that Dame doesn't want to go to Minnesota and they don't want the headache. I wonder if part of it is
1: where's where are they though? If their team is Dame, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, and Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. And they still have, yeah. To me, I look at that and I go, that's a good team. That's who is better than them in the West besides Denver. Or who you know what I mean?
0: I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Um, What's I think part of gone? this is I think part of this is that how Minnesota will view what it needs to get return on cat, they're gonna be stuck in the investor investor value trap where even with him in charge until it becomes apparent they have to trade him like it's cat he was the best player like some people would have said going into last season he was the best player on the team right i know i I know i know i know how you feel about everyone knows how you feel about cat i know but but like i will also say like cat's better than than you give him like he's not garbage
1: he's good. I don't think he's good next to go bear. And I don't think you said that the guy to me, this is part of the problem. Like you gotta, you, you, he's not the guy is the, the guy. Let's yeah. Come on.
0: Yeah. That's how I feel. I agree with you. Look, I like the idea of the trade to me. It makes the most sense to me. It's like, Oh yeah, that really works. But look, an easier one is working out a three-way deal that involves James Harden. Cause you can get returned. Some team is willing to give up the assets for James Harden to go ahead and send it to, uh, portland that would actually between that and what you would get from philly would make sense but a lot of this is about what dame wants like dame's agents have have leveraged this very well like the good ones have leveraged this very well in terms of like it will be which i think is funny that for a guy that everyone's like what a great attitude what a great leader it's like yeah he will be a poison pill in your locker room if you trade for him. He doesn't want you like i can't i am very curious if somebody eventually is, is going to be like i'll make that bet i mean i, I think you'll play Yeah, I I think you'll play. I think you'll play well. So
1: the the last the last thing I'll say about free agency is I don't think any of the moves other the Porzingis move is the only one that seems to affected the immediate odds for me personally. Mm -hmm. Um, You could say the Bradley Beal trade as well is interesting. But again, I'm not quite buying it. So free agency hasn't mattered. The Damian Lillard trade and the James Harden trade to me are the pieces you said there's only a couple pieces to fall. I'm like, yeah, but that might be the only thing that determines who rises or falls in the standings. If Harden gets traded, but Philly doesn't get a good return, they fall out of that. If Lillard goes to a Miami or a Philly, they rise in that standing. So to me, it's it's noteworthy that free agency and the draft haven't necessarily changed the structure of the NBA's hierarchy. That's well Which said. is maybe concerning. That's how I feel.
0: I, I think nobody really did. And I think it's a reflection of where the market's at after the CBA changes. Yeah, for sure the value of the free agents that were on the market, which was low. And then also it's also, I, I do think that there is a little bit of like, Denver was good, but like we could beat them. And I think that that's, I think I honestly underrates them. I think it's like, you guys should have done more to get on their level. Like, I don't think you've, you've made enough of a jump considering how like they went 16 and four. You should probably have taken taken that a little bit more seriously, but I don't know how many options there were. It's crazy that a, a former MVP that finished in the top five, of MVP, I think four times, is potentially joining Kawhi Leonard and
1: Paul George. And you and I are both like, eh, okay. That would make them very interesting though. I mean, it would make them very interesting. I kind of don't see it happening. And what is the reports lately? Daryl Morey's prepared to go into the season with him. Like Daryl Morey is the king of my timeline, not theirs. So this thing sadly is probably going to be an annoying storyline all season long. Probably. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Daryl's
0: willing to suffer the, the consequences. Um, all right, let's go wrap it up for Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a great day. We'll be back tomorrow as we'll talk a little bit more about getting ready for Summer League. We'll talk about what's going on around the league, and we'll come up with some other things to talk about as we continue through the offseason here on Locked on Nuggets.